Well, hey, it is our Emerge Night, and it's, it's a, such a, an awesome night. One thing I love about our senior pastors and Pastor Josh and Shekinah is they really believe in the next generation, so we get to have amazing nights like this. And our first Emerge speaker, uh, she is an amazing uh, youth leader. She's actually launching her own group next term, which is going to be amazing. <laughs> And uh, she sings on the worship team as well, and uh, she is a powerhouse girl. So I'm going to invite up the wonderful Lily McLeod. Stand, guys. Let's make her feel welcome. Hey, everyone. I hope you're all having an awesome night. You guys can take your seats. Thank you. That was a lovely introduction. Thank you. Um, so if you don't know me, if we haven't met, I'm Lily and I'm a part of our youth team. So yeah, um, so before I begin, I just want to honour and thank someone that is very special to me. She has been a mentor to me and really has spoken a lot of wisdom and poured a lot into my life and that is Piata. <laughs> Piata is one of our youth pastors and she is such an amazing role model to me and so many other girls. Um, the first Sunday I came to church, she literally invited me to youth, and I just like felt so welcome. And ever since that moment, you've always encouraged me to grow as a person and in my faith. So thank you. Give it up for Piata. <laughs> You're awesome. So yeah, so when I was five years old, I remember one night when I found my dad in his room packing his bags to leave. I remember very clearly asking him why he was packing his bags. He just said he was going away for a while. He went to stay at my grandparents' home in Brisbane for a few months, so my sister and I didn't see him that regularly, but would travel back and forth from my mum's house to my dad's. Um, I was too young to understand that my parents were getting a divorce and they were separating. However, from a very young age, rejection and unworthiness had come into my heart. I also carried a lot of anger and felt that I wasn't good enough to be loved. I know that I was loved by so many people in my life. My mom loved me so much, but it was the moment that my dad left that began to shape my perspective of who I was and that I didn't measure up. Growing up, these feelings continued throughout my schooling years, and I, which caused me to feel insecure about myself. I was so scared of what people thought of me. I followed the crowd just to fit in. I was such a people pleaser, not because I wanted to, but because I wanted to be accepted and loved. One of my worst insecurities was thinking that I always had done something wrong. I would say sorry for like everything, just the little things, and I, it just became a habit. Like I didn't even do anything wrong and I would just say sorry, it just became a habit of mine. As I got into my high school years, I got to a point where I was just so sick of living with the fear that, of what people thought of me. No matter how many friends I had or how well I was doing at school, nothing made me feel accepted or fulfilled. I still didn't have the joy and happiness that I craved. On the outside, I looked happy, I did have friends and I was doing well at school, but on the inside, I still lacked the confidence and felt that I wasn't accepted or loved for me. I've been a Christian all my life and I've been like raised in church. I knew about God, but I realized that I didn't have a relationship with him. So I began to read the Bible more and spend more time talking to him. When I began to spend more time with God, he revealed to me a fresh revelation of how much he truly loves me. I never fully knew or understood his everlasting and unconditional love for me until I spent more time in his presence. Um, Jesus didn't deserve or do anything to die on the cross, but he did it because he loved us so much. It just blows my mind. 
Um, so when I read the scripture in 1 John 3, 1, that says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called dear children of God. I knew that even though I may not feel loved by the people around me, that my Father in heaven had always loved me passionately and unconditionally. This revelation brought great healing to my life and God began to write a new identity on my heart. I finally knew in my heart that I belonged to him, that I was his child and that I was a, ch- that I was a daughter of God. So maybe you're here tonight and you have been in a situation similar to this or you've just been hurt by someone. God wants to assure you tonight that he is with you no matter what you were going through and that you were always loved by him. Recently, God has given me a fresh revelation of the power of forgiveness and the need to forgive those who have hurt me. Out of the revelation of God's love, I realized that I had to extend the same love and forgiveness to those who had hurt and rejected me in order to walk in the full freedom that God had wanted me to walk in. Knowing God's love brings healing, but forgiving those who have hurt you brings freedom and restoration. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Forgiving those who have hurt me is one of the hardest things I've had to do. I've gone on this journey with my dad and I'm still going on it with him. There's been moments in prayer where I've forgiven him and tried to be tried to let go and I continually pray for him living with unforgiveness and offense had kept me bound it was only after I forgave my dad that I truly felt free of all the offense and rejection that was in my heart unforgiveness has an effect on our spiritual health and the devastation cannot be solved by any human means the only way that we can be fully restored is through God God is now completely restored and healed me from the inside out If Jesus can forgive the people that crucified him and that nailed him to a cross, then we we can can forgive those who have hurt hurt and offended us. He He was able to remain forgiving until the very end. So I know that probably pretty much everyone here has been hurt or rejected by someone. And if that is you, I know that one of the hardest things to do is to forgive that person, but it's a small price to pay to walk in freedom. God journeys with us and he will help you forgive that person. He won't make you do it alone. When we love and pray for those who have hurt us, it ultimately brings restoration into our heart. So as I finish, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is there anybody in my life who I need to forgive? These three steps, there are three steps in order to completely forgive someone. This week, I want you to, one, ask God to help you forgive that person. Then two, when you're spending time in prayer and in God's presence, um, say, I forgive this person. You might even find yourself crying or you might find that a lot of emotion comes up during this moment, but that's good because God's working on your heart. And then the last step is just to pray, pray blessing over that person each day until you feel like you have completely forgiven them. That might even take a few months, but just keep praying for that person. And as you do, God will bring you into great joy and freedom. So thank you. Wow. Thank you. That was amazing, Lily. Come on, let's give her one more hand. That was incredible. I love that thought, hey, just forgiveness brings freedom, and it's so true. It's something that we shouldn't have to live with, and I love how you just articulated that so well. Such a fresh revelation. That's so good. Thank you so much for that, Lily. We're super grateful. The future is in good hands, hey. That is, that is some good news. So, awesome. Well, hey, stay standing.
I'm about to um, welcome up the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> I get to say that, but she is. <laughs> um, and um, my beautiful wife, it's kind of hard to intro my wife because I could say a million amazing things about her. But one thing that I do want to say is her heart for people and her heart for God is, is something really, really special. So let's welcome up Katie Sutton. Thank you. Thanks for the introduction. It was beautiful. You can all take your seats. How's everyone going tonight? Yeah, going good. Lily, you just like blew my socks off, literally. I don't have socks on. That's because you just blew them off. <laughs> it was awesome. So good. But um, I just want to start by celebrating our amazing location pastor, Shekinah Stott, because she celebrated her birthday this week. So happy birthday, Shekinah. Everyone wish her a happy birthday. But honestly, um, Pastor Josh and Shekinah, they are incredible leaders. Like I am really like I'm in their world and I just see how much they care and they love. Like they have the biggest heart for God, the biggest heart for us as a church family and for those that people, you know, um, and well, I just know that they pray for us. They're strong, they're wise, and they're courageous leaders. And I'm just so thankful for you guys. And we just love you so much. So, yeah, you guys are awesome. It's such an honor to be speaking tonight. I'm super excited. And um, there's this incredible story in the Bible, or it's an incredible book. It's one of my favorite. It's the book of Ruth. And it's about two ladies um, called Ruth and Naomi. So I'm going to give you a quick summary, and you can read it later if you want to. <laughs> um, so the husbands of both women actually die, which is pretty hardcore, I know, but it's going to get better. <laughs> um, so Naomi plans to move back to her native land, but Ruth, um, and she says to Ruth, like, you go, like, there's nothing I can give you, so you go and we'll go our separate ways. But Ruth refuses, and in chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. The story ends with um, Ruth going with Naomi and she serves Naomi by gathering food. And in this act, she meets this man named Boaz, falls in love. They get married and they start a family and they live happily ever after, which is awesome, right? It's a good love story, which is probably why I love it because I'm a sucker for love stories. I don't know about anyone else here, but <laughs> I am. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I read this book as a teenager, and um, this, like, that scripture in verse 16, it really, like, jumped out at me, and it stayed in my heart all these years. And, you know, there's a couple of things that I notice about Ruth and um, what she's doing in this moment that I really admired. You know, firstly, she's surrendering the plans that she had for her life um, to serve Naomi, knowing that she has nothing to give her back. She was demonstrating the purest kind of loyalty. She had no hidden agenda. She had a servant heart. Like, literally, she is servant heart goals. <laughs> um, you know, she made a solid choice to leave everything she knew behind and to serve Naomi, and in that, God began to move. As Ruth served Naomi by collecting food, um, they... Watch it. She met Boaz. She met Boaz. They got married, and then they had a baby together. And something that I actually recently learned was that their son was the grandfather of King David, who wrote Psalms, which is pretty cool, right? That's awesome. Um, you know, God is faithful. He saw how Ruth laid down her life to serve another and bless her exceedingly abundantly. 
And in Ephesians 3.20, it says, never doubt God's mighty power at work in you to accomplish this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. You know, I've seen God be faithful in my world as I've chosen to surrender everything and serve him. Next April will be six years since I moved from the UK to Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, when I first moved here, I had, <laughs> I had um, no job. I had no plan. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I knew God had called me here for a reason. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna just take a step. I'm gonna take a step. And so I decided to come in here and serve in church one day a week. So give my one day a week. And I rearranged the whole leadership library, which for someone that loves organizing is like heaven. That's me. <laughs> Um, so, you know, what is one step that you could take today? You know, from me taking that one step, um, you know, and not hesitating, God blessed me so much. I saw God open doors. You know, um, whilst I was actually organizing the bookshelf, I was asked by one of our executive pastors, Jeremy Moore, um, to join the services team. And you know what? I said yes. I had no clue what it was. Like, I was just hungry to serve, and so I said yes. I took that step, and I've been on that team for five, just coming up to five years now, and I love it. It's so good. The first two jobs that I got in Australia were actually from serving alongside people. And they said, oh, I've seen this job advert. Or, oh, these people are hiring. And I got the jobs, which is awesome. Such a blessing. And then I decided to take my serving to the next level and do an internship here at church. Yeah, I wanted to grow more. And in that, I actually met a man named Keegan. <laughs> yeah. He was also volunteering one day a week. And for those of you that don't know, he's my husband. He was up here earlier. <laughs> We've been married a year now, which is awesome. <laughs> but um, one thing that I really love is that in the book of Ruth, God actually isn't mentioned too many times. But what I, is evident to me is that he was there all along, like in the background, pulling everything together, working. You know, I bet when Ruth made that decision to leave behind, like leave her life behind and serve Naomi, she didn't know the blessing that was on the other side of her surrender. You know, I'm sure that she could have never imagined that she would give birth to a son who was the grandfather to King David, who was literally known as a man after God's own heart, that she would marry the man of her dreams. Like, you know, um, as we serve, divine connections are formed and relationships are built. There's blessing on the other side of our surrender. It just takes one step of saying, yes, God, I'm all in. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll follow you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And he will bless you because he's pulling everything together for good. He's doing exceedingly abundantly in your life if you just surrender and say yes to him. You know, tonight it could just be that, you know, um, you, you need to surrender to him and you just, your step is just surrendering your life, saying yes to Jesus. I want to begin a relationship with him or I'm coming back to him and you'll be able to do that later in the service. Or it could be, you know, I want to start living fully for him. I want to serve on the dream team and you can do that at the next step zone. But it could also just be like, I want to connect with people. I want to get alongside people and join a group, you know? There's so many things, but my question for all of us tonight is, have we fully surrendered to God? Are we serving and living for him? And my challenge for you to, is um, for you to identify your next step and then make a bold step towards it. Make that choice tonight. Who knows what's on the other side of your surrender? Thank you, everyone.
Amazing. So good, Katie. That was incredible. I love that thought that she finished on who knows what's on the other side of, of your surrender, uh, which is so cool. So if that inspires you, join a group, join the dream team, do something, just get involved, take a bold step. That's so good. I actually remember being up there in the, in the office and, and I was the one who would play music and kind of like do work, but also try and have fun. And she was always the one in the corner, like doing her work, like properly, properly, properly. Um, and so God's definitely blessed her for her obedience. I was a little bit cheeky. And God's still blessing me too, but uh, but um, yes, that was that was good time. So yes, definitely, if you serve, you might find a wife or a husband as well. So there you go. Um, that's so cool. And hey, um, we have our final Emerge speaker tonight. This man, I have done the journey many, many, many years with this man. I've done youth ministry with him, young adults ministry with him, and now I'm doing ministry with him as well again. So, And uh, he is a gun. He, he passionately loves Jesus, which you're definitely going to know tonight after hearing him. And I want to welcome up the amazing Sam Byrne. Hey. Hey. Hey, everybody. How are you? Take a seat, guys. Thank you. I was just telling Josh, I'm still holding on to that promise of finding a wife during serving. So I uh, appreciate any prayers that you send my way. Is this fallback? Is that like, okay, we're good. Hey, uh, how good were our previous two speakers? Katie Sutton, come on, put it together, everyone. So good. And Lily, what the heck? What? Hey, do you sing? You do. All right, I want you to look up the verse, John 4, verse 23, because you have a teaching and a worshiping gift that's going to go aligned together, and I want you to link those two together and use that as your scripture and follow Piata, because she's going to get you into leadership, and you're going to lead a generation of young people, okay? Come on. All right. Hey, I want to talk to you tonight about something that has uh, impacted my life significantly. It is the cornerstone of my life, and it is the quiet time. And if you don't know what a quiet time is, it is the time that we set aside every day to spend time with Jesus. And so for me, my testimony is um, I grew up in church, so I'm used to, or I grew up with the culture of praying every time I went to bed. I had the Bible in my hands from a very early age. Um, I grew up in a Lutheran and an Anglican school. So I knew all about the Lord's Prayer. I was singing songs like Fear Not. Who knows that one with the little claps in it? Fear Not. There it is. You guys know what's up. And so I was doing that. So for me, for me, praying was something that I just did religiously. I knew of God, but as Lily said so well, I did not know Him. And so for me, when I was praying in my quiet time, it wasn't so much of an engagement of a personal thing. It was what I call the shopping this prayer where I just pray for certain things and hope that they come to pass. So for me, and if we can put up that scripture now, when I saw Psalm 37 verse 4, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It was a game changer for me that not only do I get the desires of my heart, but that's not the main point. It's to take delight in the Lord, to have that personal relationship with him, to have that interaction there, because we are not serving some God that is far off, and when we send our prayers, it doesn't take three to five business days to come back around. We're serving a person, and his name is Jesus, and that for me was the thing that broke my quiet zone. 
So, so this was very practical. So what I did is I got this scripture and I started implementing it. And it, what happened is essentially I just went home from work every day. I grabbed my little bag and go into my room and put it on the floor and shut the door because it's a private place, quiet time. And then you would put worship music on, read a little bit of the Bible, and I would say those things that I was wanting in prayer, but then I would just tell them about how my day was. That's all it was. So in the good times, it was, hey, like, God, thank you that that, that worker said I did really well, or that customer said I did really well, or I got a HD on some uni mark, and I thanked him for that, and it was coming from here, a genuine spot. But then there's the days where it wasn't so genuine. Oh, sorry, it wasn't so happy. It was always genuine. And it was, someone said something to me that made me feel pretty bad. I was like flicking through words that I could say on stage. Got to bad, which is a safe one, I think. And a feeling of not so good that, hey, I didn't so well at do so well at work today, or I didn't get at the mark that I wanted, and it was that genuine place, that authenticity of being in the quiet time with someone, not a thing, not a far-off concept, but someone that changed it for me. And I remember one time, it was just one of those days that went terribly, I was distressed, I don't know, it was just like, I came into work late, just... Uh, everything went wrong, dropped the ball on so many things, came, uh, left work late because I was picking up the pieces, and then came in home, did my same thing, came in the door, just feeling defeated, put the bag on, shut the door. Actually, no, I went up to the kitchen, made myself some food, and then came back down. (laughs) It is important, amen. And then shut the door, put my stuff, put on some worship music, And I just ate, didn't even say anything. And as tears were coming down my eyes, it was that bad, I felt worthless. It was one of those days. And for the first time since, or for the first time I felt the Holy Spirit's presence sit on the end of my bed. And it's moments like that where you realize, and I want to encourage you tonight, that in your quiet time you are not speaking to someone who is far off. You're not speaking to a prayer list or someone who is um, dead or not important or not into you. You are speaking to a person. His name is Jesus, and he cares for you so, so much. And he wants to be in the quiet time with you. He wants to know all about you. And so what that looks like, maybe you're here and you don't have that quiet time. It looks... So 15 minutes, the youth do an incredible thing. It's called three for five. It's pray for five minutes, worship for five minutes, and read the Bible for five minutes. And if you just start with that, and it's not about, it's about consistency, just doing those 15 every single day. And if you miss one, so what? Come back again the next day. Just keep doing that. And then build it a little bit more, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. That's how I started. That's how Dave started, Piata. That's how Pastor Josh started. It's about consistency with the person and the prayer time, and his name is Jesus, and it's someone, not something that you're praying to, yeah? So as the band comes up now, I want to offer everybody inside this room the opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. And it says in the Bible, and we've been talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit, 
but it says in the Bible that we are unable to experience him fully unless we accept Jesus into our heart. And maybe you're here for the first time and we're saying all these weird language things like presence and Holy Spirit. And it's, it's weird, it sounds confusing, and I know that because it happened to me. I didn't know what they were saying. But it was only until I raised my hand in a moment like this that it started making sense. And as I told you before, I grew up in church. I knew of God, but I didn't know him. And so there was moments, I'm telling you, there was moments where I lay awake at night wondering, surely there is more to life than this. Maybe you're here and you're having the same thought. And that would be across this room, I think we would have similar testimonies, similar stories that people are searching for something and trying to fill it with different things, maybe careers, money, relationships, drugs, alcohol. I don't know what it is for you, but you are searching for something to fill that gap. You are searching for someone. Billy Graham puts it like this. Every single man, woman, and child has a God-shaped hole inside of them that only the Son of God, Jesus, can fill. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed in this place, if that is you tonight and you feel like you are searching for something, I want to offer you an invitation to come into a relationship with Jesus, and I'm telling you, tonight, he is the answer. So I want to I talk to three people tonight. Number one, if that is you and you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, that is the first group of people. And you've been searching, you've been trying things and exploring things, but tonight you know that it is Jesus who fills you and you're looking for him. Then in just a second, I'm going to get you to raise your hand. The second group of people is perhaps you walked away from Jesus for a little bit through circumstances or situations. And you know you want to come back to him. You know he needs to be the priority and the number one. In just a second, I'm going to get you to raise your hand with these other people. And the third group, I'm going to be honest, when we pass away from this life, Our spirit doesn't end, but it goes to one of two places, heaven or hell. And I want to make sure that everybody leaves this room tonight, making sure they are going to the right place. That is heaven with Jesus. So if that is you tonight, and you want to be certain that you're going to heaven, you need to raise your hand up with the rest of these people. So if that's you and you're one of these, or in the group of these three people, I want you to right now raise your hand across this place. All across this place, raise your hand. If you've been searching, I'm telling you that this is the answer that you've been looking for. This is the line in the sand moment where we're crossing over, we're saying, Jesus, I'm looking for you, that you are the answer that I'm searching for. It says in the Bible that he supplies all of our needs. Jesus is the one. I'm just going to give it a bit more time. If you're searching for love, 
It says in the Bible that he is love. If you're searching for hope, for healing, for joy, for peace, it says in the Bible that Jesus is the one that supplies all of our needs. And I'm asking you tonight, if that is you, to raise your hand in this moment. Awesome. All right, hey guys, why don't you look up at me just for a bit? So right now, I feel like there's someone in the room who, um, I just don't want anyone to leave this place feeling like they could have done something, but they didn't. So what we're going to do all together is we're going to actually pray a prayer. And if you feel like you could have said that or lifted your hand, I want you to say it from your heart. So come on, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Close your eyes just a little bit longer. So everyone say this together with me. Dear Heavenly Father, it says in your word that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that you are Lord, we will be saved. So tonight, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. Forgive me of my sins and live in my heart and make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't you give the Lord a mighty hand? Thank you so much, everybody. I love you. So good. Come on.